Hello and welcome to another episode of the Man to Man podcast. I am Trey Vaughn, and with me as always, he was my college mentor. He is a friend of mine. He was a groomsman in my wedding. My man, Kelvin Dooley. How you doing today, Kelvin? We're doing good. Uh, I couldn't wait to talk. I couldn't wait to get to this episode and review this division around. I uh, so I, I was pumped about this one, and I'm ready to go. Man, we had a lot of good games this weekend, and uh, it was capped Indeed. off. It was capped off by a uh, game of the year, and I don't even think it's questionable. Uh, yeah. Game of the year capped off the divisional round. Yes, let's go. I'm ready. Uh, we on Tuesday we bring we've been bringing you guys uh, winners and losers of each week in the NFL. So we will be bringing you division or winners and losers of the divisional round. We are, we are also going to bring you a record that might have slipped past you, a new record that might have slipped past you this weekend since you were probably watching the NFL. We have a new record in a different sport that did happen this weekend. And then we will also discuss overtime rules. Kelvin and I will let you know how we feel in overtime rules since that has now resurfaced and everyone's talking about it following that big Bills and Chiefs game this weekend. And like we already mentioned, we will review the divisional round to kick off the show. But first, we got some national holidays. Kelvin, today is National Opposite Day, and I want to stop on this one. But I have a few others on the list, but I want to stop on this one before we go any further. I was trying to think of a way we could celebrate National Opposite Day on the podcast. And the first thing that came to my mind, after you hear it, you know we're not going to do it. But this is the first thing that came to mind was, Mm -hmm. was I crack open a Dr. Pepper instead of a Mountain Dew. And then I told myself, no way you're changing your – there's no way you're changing your routine just for National Opposite Day. you got to crack open a Mountain Dew. Yes, no, you <laughs> – it wouldn't be right without the Dew. I thought about it, and I was like, no, there's no way I could do that. Not doing it. <laughs> so, uh, is there any way we could celebrate National Opposite Day on this episode, or is there any way you – uh, can maybe do National Opposite Day, maybe switch up something that you do when you go to work. Um, I really can't think of anything that would be easy or that I would want to switch up. Uh, I mean, yeah. if, if it was allowed, I guess I, I'd wear shorts and shorts and a T-shirt to work, but that's not allowed. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, I can't really. Most recently, me and my, my coworker, my other manager, mm-hmm. who, who works alongside of me, uh, we switch roles. Okay. Um, in terms of, you know, rounding and who and coverage, what we yeah. look after, you know, what we're studying or, you know, whatever. Uh, so I, that's probably the best example I can give. Outside of that, it's, 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 it's relatively the same for me day in and day out. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, yeah. Think, of, I can't think of any good ways I could switch up my, my uh, routine today. Um, yeah. Same. Just uh, unfortunately, I don't think national opposite day is going to be going to be able to be celebrated by me. Uh, the next one is a is a pretty good one. Uh, speak up and succeed day. Has there been a time recently, Kelvin? Maybe you've spoken up, uh, and, and you know tried to maybe push yourself or spoken up at work. You know, done something. Um, I I, th- I think this is just a good day and maybe something that we all fail to do every now and then. Speak up for ourselves, you know, and and, and you know try to push ourselves a little further. No, not recently. Um, I've been in good spirits. Everything around me's been in good shape. So mm-hmm. I haven't had been. I haven't had that that opportunity to, to speak up. But, um, you know, as, as I get older and just grow more confident in myself, um, I always, I always seek those opportunities. So when they come, um, I'm ready to, to speak up when need be. Absolutely. Uh, i tell you what, I've kind of got a, a, an opportunity without, without saying too much, but I've kind of got an opportunity, I think, to do this right now uh, at my workplace. So uh, maybe, maybe something I need to, to, to step out and do some things that I've kind of, I uh, wanted to voice my opinion on. So maybe, maybe now's the time uh, on Speak Up and Succeed Day to uh, kind of speak my mind. Um, also, last last few here, National Florida Day, plan for vacation day and observe the weather day. I know neither one of us are a weatherman, so we probably aren't observing much weather. Um, but national, any of those three days stand out? Anything uh, on them? Uh, you said National Florida Day, right? Yep, and then plan for vacation. Yeah, so the Florida one sticks out. Um, I would be – I wish I was in Florida on National Florida Day 
just curious to see how Florida, you know, Florida, Florida people uh, celebrate their their national yes. holiday. Um, we once upon a time we had a segment on my podcast called "We Love Florida Men" yes. or Florida something. <laughs> Yeah. And um, so I'm just curious how Florida people would celebrate such a holiday, given that they're they're crazy 365 days a year. I yeah, again, just curious to see what they would, you know, conjure up on a day like this. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- that's one of the first things I thought of too was was how we used to talk about the Florida men. Uh, you know, just the headlines that would that would come from Florida when you search Florida men on Google. So yeah. um, look, I-, I think this is a holiday worth celebrating. Florida is a beautiful state, nice weather. Uh, you got the beaches, and then you got people who just act act up sometimes and make some hilarious headlines. Um, so yeah, National Florida Day worth celebrating from the craziness to the uh, just awesomeness of the state because it's the beaches and the warm weather. Um, with that, uh, let's jump right in. Well, before that, let's uh, crack open the dew moment of dew. No moment of pepper. It was con- it was considered, but we're sticking with moment of dew. Let's go. Okay. The divisional round, Kelvin. Let's start off with the first game of the week of the weekend. We had the Bengals and Titans. Um you picked the we both picked the Titans, I think, in this yeah. game, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, we had the Titans. We both picked the Titans in this game. Uh what a game that ended up being really close all the way through. Um, that Bengals offense, to me, Kelvin, continues to uh, just kind of barely walk through these games. They're not looking like that offense that they were to end the NFL season, uh, where they were, you know, firing on all cylinders and just lighting lighten up the scoreboard. Uh, th- th- these last two playoff games, they've really kind of been in a funk, it seems. I mean, they're getting yardage. They're just not getting very many points. Jamar Chase has had a good game in both games, if I remember correctly. Um but but the defense is doing the job and it's getting them wins. So uh, the Bengals are, are you know they're still a threat. I'm not trying to say that they're they're not going to be any any threat to the Chiefs. They're, they're still going to compete. But that offense definitely I think needs to get it clicking if they want to compete against the Chiefs. And that's for the Titans, man. Ryan Tannehill three interceptions. Um, all I'm really going to say about him is I think he he kind of proved me right or at least made me feel feel like I'm right uh, in all of the criticism I've given him over the years. I mean, a game like this in the playoffs, you're a one seed and, you know, your first game after getting a bye, you walk in and play like this. Uh, bad game from Tannehill and the Titans just couldn't quite beat the Bengals. Yeah, so this was a game that the Titans gave up. Yeah. And I was I was kind of singing Tannehill's praises slightly on Friday's episode, last Friday's episode. And then, yeah, as you just alluded to, he's, he proved everybody right. The, all his doubters, because uh, his three interceptions gave this game away. Yep. The turnovers, the the force, the force attempts, you know, uh, those tip passes. In the playoffs, tip passes last forever. They're yep. in the air for so long, it feels like. And the Bengals, who had, and I said this on Friday, had a good defense and they're overlooked because, the, because of the young studs on their offense. The defense is actually pretty solid. They're pretty good. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's, a, in, that's a quality NFL defense. And they made the plays. They made big time plays on defense, yep. and the Titans just gave that game away. Yep. You know, I mean, the turnovers, the, some of those play calls, the third, the third and one, the RPO, the Tannehill. Then you back that up with a, a Derrick Henry fourth and one attempt, and the whole world knew it was going to Henry on fourth down, and the Bengals stuffed it. You know, it it, mm-hmm. it just wasn't there wasn't the Titans' best game, and and in, in the back of my mind, that part I kind of fear for the Titans. Because their highs are pretty good. Their highs aren't the highest. Like, their highs are just – they can go out there and really just beat up on a team physically. Mm-hmm. But their yeah. lows are really, really low. And we've seen – not their high, but we've seen their low on Saturday. And it cost them a, a game against the Bengals. And I was look, I wasn't overly impressed by the Bengals. I just wasn't. Uh, I was I was, I was, was impressed by their courage for, for Joe Burrow specifically. Nine sacks. He gets up every single time and he dishes that ball out. Um, that part impressed me, but as a team, eh, again they that, they faced off against I don't know one of the weaker number one seeds in most recent memory. It, I mean, you know, I just they went on the road, good deal, and a tough place to place, tough place to play. Henry's return had that car spark, that crowd sparked up, but I wasn't overly impressed by the Bengals. It yeah. was a quality game, very sloppy, but on both ends. And again, to get up from nine sacks and still win a ball game. 
Talk about fight, yeah. man. Cause, oh yeah. You know, just that was that's that that part's impressive. That's my biggest takeaway. The toughness yeah. of Joe Burrow and that offense, they battled and they battled. And they put themselves in position to win with that field goal and a game over. Yeah. Um, before we move on to this next game, I, I liked your analysis um, on the on the Titans with, um, you know, the highs can, can be pretty good. They're not, you know, they're, they're not like a supreme uh, high if you were to compare, you know, their best to another NFL team's best. Um, but that their lows can be very, very low. Um, yes. And I agree with that. I think. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs might lose some games, but they're not going to lose a game playing this poorly. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to these guys later, but they played just this Sunday night, and they played really, really well and probably should have. Again, I don't want to get too into detail. Probably should have lost this game. They're not going to lose a game like the Titans just did to the Bengals. They're not no, going to throw three no interceptions. Way. They're not going to throw three interceptions. They're not going to, you know, just play – bad offensive football, you know, all game long. They might have a, a couple of bad drives, but, I mean, their low is not going to ever be like this. And that's, that's, that's kind of how you separate those really good teams from the great teams or, you know, maybe just a good team from a great team, however you want to put it. That's how you separate those teams. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to do that to themselves uh, in any football game. They're never going to do that to themselves. Yeah, and look, final thing, my final take on the Titans, Tannehill, I don't, he's not the answer. He's not. Good quarterback. Like I said, again, I was slightly singing his praises because I thought I could trust him over Joe Burrow in this matchup at this point in the season. Uh, given that he, you know, just given his experience, given that he's been here before, he's made these throws and these attempts, these big moments, these intense moments. Uh, but he, he clearly crumbled. First play of the game, INT. His last snap of the game, INT. It, I, he, he just not the answer. That's it. And that's a good, that's a well coached team. Good defense, as we saw with nine sacks. You don't get nine sacks by accident. Good defense, good coaching, uh, experience, all of the above. They got weapons. They have depth. The quarterback just seems to be the issue, and um, I don't think he's the answer going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. I don't think he is. Um, I, I was a very hard critic for him on him a lot for a while. Um, I kind of started to ease up because the Titans just continued to be good, and they continued to be there uh, after yeah. this. After this game, I've I've went from you know slowly giving him more uh, praises, you know, more respect to. I am. I'm back to where I started. I, look, he's just not the answer. Again, he's not a bad quarterback. He's just not the answer. Yeah. Um, Saturday night, Kelvin. I think this is a game we've both been wanting to talk about since the clock, yeah, hit, since the clock hit zero. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you start it off. We we know how I felt about Aaron Rodgers this off season, uh, and you and I kind of started to agree throughout the year on just how we feel with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Packers fall to the 49ers, Kelvin. Uh, what did you see Saturday night? Well, let me, first, I'll, before I get on Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't want to talk about the Packers. It is going to go Niners and Aaron okay. Rodgers. Okay. Niners first. I mean, they, they proved me right. I chose the Niners in this game. I can't believe it. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe now, it. They, I can't believe The Niners didn't do – they didn't win this game in the fashion I thought they would because uh, they didn't score any points offensively. Zero, Jeez. if I'm mistaken. Maybe a field goal. But they didn't they score did. a single touchdown offensively. Okay. Uh, but like a lot of well-coached teams, and by well-coached, I mean teams who who on all three phases are really good. So they're not necessarily world beaters, but they're well-coached. They have the discipline like the Niners do. So special teams, they block a field goal before half, right? And, and, and in the moment, it seems like, oh, okay, no big deal. They block the field goal. Yeah. And then they block a punt, which they return for a touchdown. That's a 10-point swing. That's 10 points. Well, yeah, that's 10 points that the, the Packers lost that on in those two plays alone. Yep. And then, look, Jimmy G wasn't great. I, I, truthfully, he was kind of bad. Uh, but, man, talk about weapons, Debo and company, mm -hmm. Kittle with, with timely catches. He wasn't, like, heavily involved in the game. But just moments, he had these moments with these blocks and these catches where I'm like, man, that guy is he's really good. If Kelsey didn't exist, he's the best tight end by a long stretch. Um, and then that defense. Injuries and all that defense, they're the real deal. And I can't sit here, honestly, I can't name you anybody in the secondary. But what they did to Devontae Adams and company, um, that was that was that was special. So they were really led by their front four. Their front four came to play. They got pressure on Rodgers. They didn't sack him a ton, but they got the pressures. They got a couple hits. Uh, and their scheme was perfect. And then Kyle Shanahan, I think he's masterful offensively. 
again, he couldn't really muster up points. But just the scheme, the strategy, the plays, the players, and how he puts those guys in position to succeed with certain play calls, he's masterful offensively. So when it counted the most, man, they, they made it count. They they did what it took. Or yeah. they did what it yeah, they did what it took. To get the W on the road in zero degree weather snowing. Um that's yeah. just uh, that's a well coached team. They're talented, better in leadership. I mean, that's I can't say I can't speak highly enough of the Niners. And we've seen this from the Niners the last Going dating back to at least the Super Bowl season, I know there was a season or two where they they were kind of low, mm-hmm. um, but they bounced back in a major way this season. Aaron Rodgers, just don't, just you got to go, bro. I'm sorry, <laughs> get the hell out of there, get that, get the hell out of Lambeau. <laughs> and I don't put this on nobody but him. I'm not putting this on Lafleur, the front office, uh, Devontae Adams, nobody. Aaron Rodgers, get the hell out of town because you stuck, you stunk up the place okay <laughs> number one seed back-to-back seasons you come up short in the nfc title game last year right and he had it out last year because you could kind of blame some of that on matt lafleur all right this year ain't no point in the finger nowhere else you did all this diva crap i want to curse so bad but i'm, <laughs> I'm holding hey. it back i want to <laughs> curse so bad at this yeah. dude he did all this offseason hoopla did all this all this immunizing play on words. He wants to get on his podcast with Pat McAfee yep. every week and talk this junk like he's really doing, saying something to know something. And then you come out here and fart up the place. You just, you stink, <laughs> Rogers. okay? I don't want it. You're a regular season quarterback at best. Woo! I don't think he, he probably won't win another championship ever in his career. I don't want, he can't blame it on nobody but himself this time. You had the weapon. You don't win back-to-back MVPs by accident. I don't want to hear you didn't have weapons and help. You had it all. Yep. You had it. And you sucked. You sucked when it mattered the most. You yep. stink. You stink. TV, your turn. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so uh, I'm going to go back. Let's start of the game, man. First drive, they score a touchdown. First With ease. They drive. completely marked downfield. They marched down and scored a touchdown, and then after that, they just disappeared. The Green Bay they Packers suck. is them. I don't know if I ever specified, but obviously the Green Bay Packers is who I'm talking about. Um, so they they start a game like that, and it's just like to, to see that and then to see the way they fell off the rest of the game and they scored a total of three points the remainder of the game, it's just like just bo- mind-boggling. Like, how does that happen? I don't know. Um, especially with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, how does that happen? I do not know. Um just I don't know it, it, it things that I saw in the game um you mentioned the block field goal right before that blocked field goal they Aaron Rodgers had the dump off uh where Aaron Rodgers got past the the, the second level and got in, into the secondary open and he just dumps it over everybody's head Aaron Jones catches it runs it all the way downfield and keep in mind they had one timeout He's running, near, he's running near the sideline, and instead of continuing to angle towards the sideline until someone forces him out of bounds, he kind of slows up and cuts back to the middle and then gets tackled uh, at like the 12 or 13-yard line, whatever it was. So then the Green Bay has to use a timeout with like 15 seconds left, and they have really just one shot at the end zone because they didn't have any timeouts left. Uh, so they have one shot at the end zone at best. Aaron Rodgers gets sacked. They have to spike it and kick the field goal. I'm just going to throw this out there. If he goes out of bounds on that play and and instead of slowing up and kind of cutting back to midfield, trying to make the big play, if he just continues to run straight down the sideline until he gets pushed out, they might get three or four more yards. They also still have their timeout, so they have two shots at the end zone. Um, not saying they get a touchdown, but you see like it extends that possession to let them try to get in the end zone. Regardless, this isn't the game changer. I'm just saying maybe instead of getting a field goal block there, maybe they get in the end zone. Um, I want to move past that, though, because, like I said, it's not the game-changing play or anything. Uh, but then the, the blocks punt, like you mentioned, that's a huge thing. Uh, it ends up being a 10-point swing because the 49ers get seven and the Packers missed out on three. Um, and then just just being stalled out. I just that, that team that team couldn't do anything um, really in the second half either. They didn't they didn't do much of anything. So um, missing out on those points, potential points was huge uh, in, a, in a game like that where, where neither offense is doing much. And they just they just didn't play good football. And I wanted to point out you mentioned that that the secondary did their job. 
they they did something right because I was looking and I, and I don't know the final stats on this, but I was looking in the middle middle of the game. I think it was in the second half at some point, and Aaron Jones had like seven catches and Devontae Adams had like six catches. And mm-hmm. I think there was only one other catch on the field, like, or two. So yeah. no one was catching the ball but Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Um, so, you know, if you're going to let those two guys get the ball in their hands, you at least have to shut everyone else down. And for, the 49ers did exactly that. Uh, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to let those two guys get their catches, you've got to shut everyone else down. And literally, like, no one else was touching the ball except for those two players, at, like I said, around the middle point of the game. So they, they did their job of shutting down at least – you know, everyone else where Rodgers was only throwing it to Adams or Jones out of the backfield. Which is true. But if they're shutting everybody down, then I I, I don't know. I kind of put that blame on Rodgers. Make yeah. it happen. Like, sir, make it happen. Mm-hmm. You've only made it happen all season long, and now you get this, this mediocre secondary and you don't make it happen? Yeah. No. And this is my problem. I – it was a stat. I think it was a, I, I, I can't recall where I heard it from ESPN or NBC. It was like 85% of the passing attempts went to Adams and um, the running back you just named. I'm sorry. Aaron I Jones, drew a blank yeah. on his name. Aaron Jones. Yeah. Aaron Jones. Yes. Like 80, 85% of the, yeah. the passing attempts went to those guys. So, and I think it was four other receivers were targeted once. It, see, that's so you, what I was you, you raised hell to get Randall Cobb back, and then you give him the ball one time. That's, that's what I was saying. When I noticed that stat, or when I was watching that mid-game, and I noticed that Jones between Jones and Adams, I don't remember which was which, one had seven catches, one had six catches. And it's like – and literally, I think there was one or two other receptions out there at the time. Who – why are you not throwing the ball to anyone else on the field? Um, literally. And and Devontae Adams clearly had some tight coverage on him because if I remember right, he finished with like nine catches for 90 yards. So he was not getting any yards after catch at all. I mean, these were small catches for small games. I mean, they weren't they, – they didn't have any of the big plays. I mean, just clearly he was tightly covered. Maybe they weren't taking enough shots downfield. I don't know. Um, but there, there was something wrong in their offensive scheme. It did not work. The 49ers had them – the 49ers had them uh, just – on lockdown they they knew what was coming and they had them beat uh from the yeah from after look, that first possession anyways and what threw me off with rogers there were moments where he was just kind of forcing the ball into adams and he was double cover primarily majority of all nights yeah and smart by the, the by the niners that's his best weapon maybe the best wide receiver in football you won't let him beat you of no. all people you let somebody else be, beat you. you and you can live with that and the niners masterful game plan Yep. Uh, I said I, I led with that. I mean, the, the defense against secondary, I, I think they're mediocre. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're world beaters. Their front seven, great. So yeah. you you mix that in with pressures. You know, you double up the the primary target. Um, this sound, disciplined defense. They didn't give up a lot of big plays outside of the Adam Jones, like, 70-yard run, which yeah. they only converted into a field goal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, after no, that, that huge that, game. That was the one where the field goal got blocked right before half. Like you okay, mentioned. yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, right before the half. So, that, I mean, they, they came with it, the Niners. They know this team. This is the fourth matchup. They're 4-0 against Aaron Rodgers, Woo. okay? And with the last two, I think, being against Matt LaFleur. It's, it's, they know this team. They know that quarterback. Lambeau is not an issue. Uh, that Look, I know this much. That's one of the greater home venues in all of football, right? Yeah. Um, but come on now, I know, look, I'm, I'm a little biased because Arrowhead Stadium, I think, is rocking. I, I'm, again, I'm biased. I think that is the best home venue in, in football. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes is what eight and one in that building in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers has lost his last two games, last three games, and not counting. I'm sorry, yes, last three games in that venue in Lambeau Field. I, I don't know. I just I'm finding every reason to knock the guy, and I, I'm I'm fed hey. up. I don't want to hear nothing else from Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Shut the hell up. Don't, we don't say nothing. <laughs> don't say a word. Before we get it. into the Sunday games, I got to take my turn on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Go ahead, I yeah, was, please, yes. This is I what I really want to hear. I was the one that was all over in this offseason, so I've got to do it before we move on. Look, <laughs> look, he lost. Uh, I, I was kind of defending, you know, the Packers. Look, it was a bad football game. I was kind of giving you the reasons why they could have had more points um, in a tough game like that. But, look, you've got to be better. You're you're the number one seed. You've been an MVP front runner for, for consecutive seasons. Um, you're, you're, you're playing excellent football in the regular season. 
you made this big fit to get out of Green Bay uh, in the offseason because you weren't happy. You come back, you get the one seed, you only lose, what, three or four regular season games. Um, you're the best team in the NFL in some people's eyes. Uh, you're probably going to be booked a, a Super Bowl, and you fall to the 49ers, a team that, look, we, we, we've talked about it. They're a good team, but they're not a great team. Let's be honest. Jimmy G yep. kind of proved that that offense is not consistent. They can have their good days, but then they can have days like this where he throws a couple interceptions, maybe just one, I can't remember, uh, but not a lot of yardage. Um, and really, Debo Samuel carries them with his legs uh, just his his willingness to run the ball and not go down. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers can't beat him. Uh, th- this game should have been won by the Green Bay Packers. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I'm telling you right now, if Aaron Rodgers stays, because because we've already seen headlines since the game that all the star players in Green Bay are, are in agreement. They want Aaron Rodgers to stay. If he stays in Green Bay, Kelvin, he is the biggest coward I've ever seen. How do you go from last year when you were in the NFC Championship, how do you complain about not being happy? They're not treating you fairly. They're not giving you what you need. They're not treating you like the star that you are, yada, yada, yada. How do you go from that after losing in the NFC Championship to getting embarrassed by an average 49ers team to now you just stay in Green Bay like nothing ever happened? You can't do that. You can't give me all those complaints and all those cries in the offseason and then the next year come back and say, oh, well, we, we got embarrassed by the fourth, the fifth-seeded, no, sixth-seeded 49ers uh, in, a, in a playoff game, and now I'm just going to come back like, like nothing was ever wrong. No, get out of here. You can't – if he comes back to Green Bay after this embarrassment, he's a coward. He, he, needs, he needs to just leave and go somewhere else and try to win football games since he was so upset last year because this team – performed worse in the playoffs than they did last year. Well said. I, I agree. <laughs> every word, every letter, every <laughs> syllable, pronunciation, you got to go. You, you can't call – you can't start a pot and then – I don't know. I don't know the next analogy I did. You can't start a pot and then, I don't know, eat the soup. You're like, you got to go. Just get the <laughs> hell out of Lambo, dude, because yep. you, you fail. You, you, you stink. You just stink. On to the next. Yep. Get out of here. All right. All uh, right. Go ahead, TV. No, no, you're good. Up next. Oh, Up yeah, next. Sunday. Yep. Man, I'm drawing a blank on this game, too. Um, uh, it was the – Yeah, I know, but who Bucks was it? Rams. Oh, Rams. Yes. Rams on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Rams – let's not let the final score fool you. The Rams dominated. They did. The Buccaneers. For what three and a half quarters until this is the part that bites me, but I'll let you get first take on this one until they start turning the ball over. But they go on to win this game, advance to the NFC title game in SoFi Stadium, where they will take on the San Francisco 49ers. TV, your thoughts on the Rams Bucks? Yeah, man, this was a one sided football game. Uh, at, at the end of the first quarter, I, I, I went to social media and, and said that, you know, bye-bye Brady because the game just looked over in the first quarter because the Rams were dominating both sides of the ball so well. Um, a lot of people got, got on that social media post and told me not to talk so soon. Um, and it almost came back to bite me in the butt, uh, but it didn't. Uh, the Rams go on to win. But, yeah, man, the turnovers was the big thing. Uh, Brady doesn't even get a sniff at, at the comeback if Cam Akers doesn't fumble on the two-yard line. Uh, right before yep. halftime, because that's a touchdown if he doesn't fumble on the two-yard line. So, uh, what, they went into half up, I think, 20-3. to three. If they add that yep. touchdown, it's 27-3. to three. Um, and, I, and I know what-ifs aren't always a good thing in sports, but I'm, I'm a big what-if guy, and, and if they don't fumble, that, that game's much different at halftime, even worse at halftime than it was. Um, but, yeah, and, th- and then they fumble again in the second half as Tom Brady's trying to orchestrate this comeback. Uh, can't make it. Yeah, it was a game. Cooper Cup fumble. Yes, and Cooper Cup fumbled. Yeah, the, the, so they had three total fumbles, I think, in that game. Um, and just, just the turnovers, yeah, just letting Tom Brady back into that game is just an ultimate mistake. Um, you know, what? no matter what you think of Brady now, he is still a very, very good quarterback, and he is still one of the greatest of all time. I mean, if you if you fumble, give him the ball back, give him short fields. It's something I mentioned last week. The Eagles did that multiple times. Uh, last week for the for the Buccaneers, uh, and the Rams tried to do it again to let the Buccaneers survive. But 
Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup came up clutch to uh, with the big strike to ultimately win the game. This is a game that both uh, both you and I predicted correctly. We both had the Rams winning this game, and uh, yeah, just giving the ball back to Tom Brady is not a good thing. And the Rams almost found out just how bad of a thing it can be. Yeah, four total turnovers, three coming in the second half, all fumbles. Wow. Um, Cam Akers fumbled on the two-yard line in the first half. That would have put him up by 24 heading into the break. Yes, sir. Uh, Cooper Cup fumbles on the sideline, which he's been all hands all season. And, you know, hey, you're prone to make a mistake. He made a mistake. He fumbled. He dropped the ball. Uh, Cam Akers fumbles again um, after converting on the first down and then just gets the ball ripped from him. I think that was a final turnover that allowed the Buccaneers to at least tie the game. Yes. Uh, then the fumble, that uh, the miss snap, the bot snap, that oh, went back 30 yes. yards. And and Matthew Stafford was just completely out-hustled to the ball, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's my one reservation with the Rams. So the Niners, I don't – look, I, I like Jimmy G. Uh, I've seen him take a team to the Super Bowl and yeah. it come at least one throw away from at least putting his team up. Okay, mm-hmm. in a Super Bowl game, uh, and now look at him. Now he's battling through injury. He has this 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 team right now, at least in position mm-hmm. to be the team that they've beaten twice all season in in in, in the Rams. And then Matthew Stafford, uh, similar reservations. It's 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 him never having done it before. This is the longest he's ever played football into this season, at least. Yeah. And then he's prone to turnovers like this. Now I know those fumbles aren't on him. He really had a really good game. Um, I just don't trust that he – I don't know. Like a Matthew Stafford-led team, I, I just I haven't seen it, so I got my reservations there. But I hear as you. for the actual game, yeah, they, they tried to give this one away. And I was never really like so that the Buccaneers were out of it. Okay. And then the turnovers start piling up. I was like, okay, they're, they're trying to lose this game. They're literally <laughs> trying to – they're actively trying to lose this game. And the Buccaneers just didn't have enough to take it away. They dug themselves too deep of a hole early. Uh, to really climb out of it. Uh, they blew a coverage on defense. That defense didn't look the same all season. So that was COVID. That was uh, that was injuries. And it really came to show when they miscommunicated on that defensive snap that allowed Cooper Cup on like a 50-yard bomb uh, right down the seams, uh, right over the top of the Buccaneers here. They put those guys in position to get that game-winning field goal. So uh, that defense didn't look the same all year. It reared his ugly head on that single play. Yeah, uh, where they blew that coverage, and hey, now they're being eliminated from the from the NFL postseason. So, uh, it, I actually took joy in that because you know everybody didn't want to hear my excuses as to why you know half the whole line was hurt and Patrick Mahomes couldn't you know couldn't be protected. Yep, uh, and now here the Buccaneers had you know a crap ton of injuries, and didn't nobody want to hear my excuses. Now it's crazy, you know. <laughs> hey, injuries count. You know they matter, and they they had one too many too early, too late in the season, and they piled up and it cost them a game. Now, and, and that's besides the point. They, did, they just didn't play a, a good first half. They were flat. They didn't come – they didn't have the energy, um, you know, and they and they lost. They lost. They gave themselves a fighting chance, but it wasn't enough. So, uh, congrats to the Rams. They yeah. And necessarily, look, if the Rams win these next two games, or how about this? Assuming they win this game here, they will have finished the season at home, the final two games of the season, in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. Which I think is pretty cool. Oh, in Super Bowl is that? Yeah, the Super Bowl is in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that is yep. pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be uh, the second time that we've seen. No. Well, yeah. I know last year the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl in their home venue. Yes. Yeah. And assuming they beat the Niners, they would be playing a Super Bowl in their home venue. So it could yeah. be yes, it could be back to back seasons we've gotten that. Yep. Okay. Nice. That w- that would be kind of crazy because I don't think it had it had happened before the Bucs had it. Correct. Yeah. So, um, the the last chance we almost, the last time we almost got it was when Minnesota was hosting, and they had yeah. the Minneapolis miracle to beat the Saints, uh, and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Um, last game, Kelvin. We all know this is the big one. We wanted to talk about the Packers, but this is the big one. Uh, you're a Chiefs fan. This was game of the year, and, and I said it on Facebook, and I'll say it here. There's you cannot. You cannot change my mind. There's just no way. It's game of the year. I saw some people trying to say game of NFL history. I think that's a stretch because there's been a lot of games played before this one, and we'd have to go back and look at a lot of football games. 
to try and say this is game of NFL history, but this is game of the year, and there's no doubt about it. There's literally not a game that competes. This was near-perfect football, Kelvin. Uh, no turnovers. Uh, no, no turnovers. Very few penalties. Uh, just efficient offense, and there was good defense. I mean, up until the last few minutes, Kelvin, we saw some stops on drives, good, good mm-hmm. defensive possessions. Um, look, this was game of the year. It was clean football, just almost perfect football from both sides. The one thing I want to point out is Harrison Butker saved himself. I'm going to talk about Let's him later. Let's go, Butker. I'm, I'm going to talk about him later. He saved himself because he was going to be the the very small, very minute mistakes were hanging on Harrison Butker because he missed a PAT and then he missed a field goal and the Kansas City Chiefs were down 36 to 33 with 13 yep. seconds left. Harrison Butker saved himself and turned what was very small mistakes to all of a sudden no one's worried about him because the Chiefs still won. Harrison Butker saves himself. That was the big part of the game to me, him redeeming himself with that last field goal. Go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, no, the closest thing to perfect, that football game, the yep. closest thing to it. It wasn't perfect, but, man, we. how about this? The game was the closest thing to perfect. We saw two perfect quarterbacks going yes. head to head. Yes. Simple. I don't want to hear it. We saw the top two quarterbacks, because it does not include Aaron Rodgers, okay? Just relax. It, it does not include Aaron Rodgers. We seen the top two quarterbacks <laughs> playing football head to head, ego Ego, Imano, Imano is the proper expression. And uh, look, Patrick Mahomes got the best of them. And if, you know what? I'm not going to lie. With 13 seconds left, I thought I had met Doomsday. I thought it was over. You know, I was I, – I, there was a, there was hope. There was a one – there was some a, – a very, very, very slight uh, amount of hope given that we had those timeouts. But, man, I wasn't, I wasn't confident. Yeah. And, uh, man, thir- I mean, this is the 13 seconds game. Okay, it's really that's it. This is the 13 seconds game. And um, man, I mean, what more can I say? It was Josh Allen. Look, there's a difference between the two and the two teams. I think there's one difference between the two teams. I think the Chiefs just so happen to have one more playmaker than the Buffalo Bills. I think that's the lone difference. Okay, check this out. The Chiefs top two playmakers, not counting Mahomes, of course. Kelsey and Hill both made game-altering plays. And in Kelsey's case, the game-winning play. He also helped set up the Chiefs uh, on that game-time possession, okay, before the field goal. It was the very last play before the field goal. Mm-hmm. Chiefs have two game-changers on offense, all right? The Bills have one, and that's Stephon Diggs, who was kept in check all game. Mm-hmm. Their best player on Sunday night was Gabriel Davis. Woo! Gabriel Davis. Four yeah, touchdowns. Nine receptions, four touchdowns, over 200 receiving yards. That There's the difference. If they had another game changer, maybe they win that game. Okay. Maybe and I may be off in that assessment, but I I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. The Chiefs so happen to have one more game changer than the Bills, and I think that lies the difference. Okay. The Tyreek Hill play, he took a, what, 10-yard in route and turned into a 70-yard touchdown? We, oh, you don't yeah. see that. You don't see that on Sundays. And if you do, you see it from that guy. That was an amazing play. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen, I mean, think about it. Mahomes got the ball to his game changers. Josh Allen was the actual game changer for the Bills offense. Like, honestly, when he ran the ball, I didn't really feel like we could stop him. Anytime mm. he tucked the ball, I didn't think the Chiefs could do anything with him Look. at any point. If they run the ball a little bit more with Allen, they probably win that game. They probably win that game. I love their aggressiveness. Fourth and two, fourth and one in the red zone. Look, they I don't know. That that dude, he's special, man. He's if he won if he wins that game, he's better than Mahomes. The only thing keeping me from saying that is he lost the game. Quite Ooh. quite frankly. He just lost the game. Okay. If he wins that game, he's the best quarterback in football. But uh he's he's gonna have to settle for number two as they lost the game. So and look, no shame in that. Right now, I guess Patrick Mahomes, his first five seasons in the NFL, he's on this stretch right now, man. Uh, that is unparalleled. Not counting Tom Brady, who won, you know, the, those three Super Bowls, his first what four seasons. Mm-hmm. But Mahomes is on this stretch right now. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, it's kind of hard for guys like that. As talented as Allen is, it's kind of hard right now for guys to beat Patrick Mahomes. He's he's just on that tear. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's not a tear that lasts forever because even a guy like Tom Brady went 10 years before his next Super Bowl. 
So tears like this don't last forever. It'll run dry eventually. But right yeah. now we're in the middle of that tear, and it's he he just couldn't do it. He didn't have enough. But man, with 13 seconds left, I thought it was over. I'm not gonna lie to you, I, man. I was sitting, I was I was in the bar, and I couldn't muster up a single word. I'm just looking at the big screen TV, like man, this is how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it ends. It ends in Arrowhead Stadium, which Ash Allen orchestrating a really good drive. To this same player who I, I don't think I'd even heard of coming into this game, Gabriel nah. Davis. I, who, I, like, who the hell is this guy? And why is he so open? <laughs> like, man, it was killing me. This he was, was, he was open was on every side. Yeah. I, did he just – who the hell is this dude? Four touchdowns later. Now I know who Gabriel Davis is. What a game by him. Shouts yeah, out to him. Yeah, for sure. Uh Hey, you, you pointed out a Tyreek Hill play. You pointed out the extra uh, playmaker. I'm going to point out coaching. Um, I, I, I want to I say the Buffalo Bills could have done better in the 13 seconds. Uh, how do you let – Yes, that too. How do you let – you mentioned the Tyreek Hill play. I'm going to mention the Tyreek Hill play too. How do you let Tyreek Hill stand six, seven yards off the line of scrimmage, catch a pass, and just proceed to have no one within, like, there was one guy to the side of him. But we all know if he's even, you're leaving. And Tyreek oh, Hill yeah. and Tyreek Hill is certainly leaving if you're even because he's way faster than you. So the one guy that was kind of standing off to the side of him was never going to catch him. And then on the other side of him, out in, you know, the area he's going to run to, further upfield, no one was in within, like, 10, 15 yards of him. And he scampers up for, what, a 20-yard catch? With 13 seconds left in the game, that you can't do that. I, I don't know who they had following Tyreek Hill, but it was one guy and everyone else was way back. And you just can't allow that. I think if that play doesn't happen, the Kansas City Chiefs don't get field goal range. Because the Travis Kelsey play, you can understand giving that up. That's like a, you know, a, a, a 10, 15-yard throw up the middle of the field. That's going to happen sometimes. But that Tyreek play, you can't allow that. That is – you can keep that from happening. Just have someone running with him. You know, all the way, you know, covering him, maybe double covering him as he scampers in front of the line of scrimmage like that. But to allow that play, I think that's what lost the game. You know, the Chiefs have two timeouts. You know, they're going to throw it twice and use both of those timeouts and then just see where they're at. And, you know, just to allow the completion right away is automatically a killer. Even if that play only goes for 10 yards, that's a killer. Like, you can't allow that first play to go for positive yards because they're going to use that timeout and then they're going to try and chip away and get a little bit more. And, you know, what, they, they allow 40-plus yards, I think, on two plays, and that puts them in field goal range. It's just just not good. They weren't ready for that 13 seconds. Uh, I don't know, I don't know you know, what was going on, but it just in the heat of the moment there, I think, I think they missed some things. Uh, and, you know, when, when you lose a game like this, the one thing you do is you ask yourself, you know, we were right there with the best of the best. What do we do next year to improve? You know, I think, I think maybe they've got to look at, you know, that, that late game, uh, coaching, they, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to say they need a coaching change, but they've got to look at that. They've got to get better next year uh, to protect plays like that. Because, I mean, not, I think you run that back ten times. That should not happen again. And if it does, yeah. And if it does, you definitely have a problem. I and mean, you cannot allow someone in 13 seconds to get in field goal range. I understand it's it's you know 40, 35, 40 yards to get in field goal range, but to allow that in 13 seconds just just seems crazy to me i think i think that's what lost them the game is just not being prepared for that 13 second you know field goal drive um you know i think josh allen did his job like you said um he was right there with Mahomes all game you know you know tap for tap you know throw for throw everything they, they were they were matching each other i think it just came down to that 13 seconds not being able to defend and not knowing it really just seemed like they were trying to give, uh, not give up a touchdown. They just sent everyone deep and said, let's not give up a touchdown. And yeah. then it turned into, uh, you know, getting into field goal range. So that, that would be the difference maker for me. Great game from both teams, man. Like I said, just perfect, perfect football. Uh, I, I would, I would bring it down to those last 13 seconds. So. And that's a great point. That's kind of real quick. Let's break down that coaching part. Cause that's, that's actually a great point. So in hindsight, well, let me say this. I think the Bills grew complacent. I thought they had it. I think they thought they had it in the back. Yes, they sir. thought it was over. Yep. They thought it was over. So that's number one. This is how I think they thought it was over. In hindsight, this is easy to break down now, but because I didn't think of this in, 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 in real time. Step one, the squib kick. They kicked it out the back of the end zone. Zero seconds run off the clock. So 
All right, that's number one. Let me ask you something before you before you move on to number two. On a squib yeah. kick, can't they just fair catch it though, and then no time would still run off the clock, or is that not allowed on a squib kick? If it hits the ground, I don't think you can fair catch oh, it if it hits the ground. Okay, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Now, if it's in the air, which was another thought, maybe you just sky it and you let your coverage team get downfield and you fair catch it. Nothing, yeah, in zero seconds run off. Okay. But if you squib it on first contact, the clock runs. Okay. 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 So that was, I guess, I mean, yeah, they kicked it out the back of the end zone, zero seconds runoff. Okay. All right. Uh, you can tell they hadn't even discussed it. I don't think they just hey they said go go kick it out the end zone. Yep. Step two, you you said it. They were protecting for a touchdown. Yep. No, and if you notice, they were protecting the sidelines. Buffalo, the Chiefs had three timeouts. They have the whole field to operate. Mm-hmm. They have the whole field to operate with, and yeah, and they grew complacent and they back everybody up opposed to, hey, let's go get Mahomes. Let's jam up the receivers and get our hands on them. Yeah. They play outside leverage, protecting the sidelines, and they play like six or seven deep. And then so Tyreek Hill gets the one, and it was a great play, Paul. The, the Bills weren't prepared for 13 seconds. The Chiefs were very prepared for 13 seconds. Yep. Tyreek Hill catches it and sprints an extra 15 yards down the field. Before he's tackled, he has two blockers in front of him. That's a play that looked like the Chiefs had practice and rehearse. Yeah, he was going. It's like, it's like a moving screen, but going downfield. Mm-hmm. He has two blocks in front of him. He catches it. You let your blockers block, and you just sprint forward. No cuts, no jukes, straight ahead. Timeout. Same play with Travis Kelsey. Literally this time, it's just one on one. I don't think anybody was on his side of the field. It was just Travis Kelsey and the linebacker. Again, outside leverage, protecting the sideline. What the hell? They have timeouts. Yeah. He just runs straight up the scene, reception, another 25 yards. Harrison Bucker, um, who isn't the best kicker in football. That That's reserved for Justin Tucker in Baltimore. Yeah. I can easily say that. <laughs> He's the best. Hall of Fame kicker over there. But maybe number two. Maybe number two. And then he does what he needed to do. And, yeah, boom. The Chiefs were prepared for 13 seconds. The Bills were not, and it cost them. Yep. Okay. Overtime. Yep. I don't, I don't oh. think we need to discuss what happened in overtime, Kelvin. Yeah. But because we, we, we all know, won, won the coin flip, they went down, they scored. It was a good drive. Uh, they faced one-third down on that drive. It was the very first set of possession uh, or a uh, set of downs. And they got it on third and one with the completion to Kelsey. And then they go on, pretty much cruise to the end zone for a touchdown. Um, yeah. Overtime rules, though, Kelvin, should it be changed to where the Buffalo Bills would have gotten their shot at the end zone? It should not be changed. And I say that being – I can – you know this. Um, but I say this for those who don't know. I say, no, it shouldn't be changed because I've now been on both sides of the yep. fence. Yep. I've seen my team get burned by the rule. I've seen my team succeed because of the rule. That's how it works. That's just what it is. No, don't adopt no college football overtime rules. You can, this is the NFL, okay? And they already changed the rule one time where allowed, they allowed a field goal at first and other team got the ball back. And they changed it to if they score a touchdown, game over. So well, how many times do you want the NFL to continuously change? No, this is the rules. That was the number one defense in football. Make a play. Sorry, I've been burned, okay? And I've also seen my team win. That's, that's just how it works, okay? And maybe Buffalo next season would be in the same position and they would get the ball first. I've seen Tom Brady, the same exact thing, TV. Yes. Win the coin flip, run his team down the field, and win the game. Yes. That's just how it works, okay? I would feel bad. Oh, I wouldn't feel bad if we won both of those games. But I would. people would have a point if Mahomes got the coin flip on back-to-back moments and won back-to-back playoff games. No, he actually lost one time, okay? that's just It's just the rule, guys. It's just yeah. the rule. It's the NFL. It's how Sorry. It is. It's how it that's is. just how it is. I don't want to hear it. That's just, again, I've been, I've been on both sides of this fence now. And yeah. I can't recall my take back then, but I'm glad to be on this side of the fence now. And yeah. I've, look, I've had it both ways. The rule stays the same. I don't want to hear it. It stays the same. Yep. So, look, uh, it, like, I don't know. It's 
it's almost like if if there was a rule, um, you know, where where at, I don't know, I can't I can't think of how I want to how I want to word that, so I'm not even going to try it. But look, it's just it's just how it is. It's an, it's the NFL rule, and and I think it's a good rule. Like it who, is. Like, like what do you what do you want? You want a participation trophy? Like oh, you let them score, but we're going to give you a shot too. Like no, you had your shot for 60 minutes to win this game in regulation, and you couldn't do it. So now. So now if you don't get the football on the coin flip, you better stop them if you want a chance to win because you're a professional athlete. You're the best of the best against the best of the best. This is the elite level of the end of football. There's nothing better than you and your opponents. You are at the top level. Be good enough to stop them. And if you aren't, you don't deserve to win. That's just my look at it. You just, you, you've got to be better. The, the, there's a reason you get rewarded for holding them to a field goal now because, right. look, you didn't let them in the end zone. You held them to there a field goal, go. so now you get your shot to go score too. So at least hold them to a field goal. Keep them out of the end zone, and you get the ball, and you get your shot. If you want your shot, be better on defense. I don't want to hear it about being tired. Man, they're tired all game. You, you, you don't think these guys aren't tired after the first possession of the game? They're out there busting their tails every play. Sure, they're more tired at the end of the game, but they were tired in the fourth quarter too. So look, tiredness. I don't. I don't, don't want to hear it. That you. You naturally, as a human being, you get tired the longer you do something. It's part yeah. of it. I don't want to hear. Oh, they're tired. They need a shot. No, they don't. Just stop them. And if you're not good enough to stop them, then you don't deserve to win. Um, I just. I. I. I and college. That's that's what I wanted to bring. If you you brought up the college rules, man. I don't care if you think it's entertaining to see a lot of points. We would be bored if we saw college overtime rules. Kelvin, the college overtime rules now are to where first overtime, you can kick a PAT if you want after you score the touchdown. Second, mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm not saying the NFL is going to change the college, but if we change to something similar to this, this would be nuts. First one, you can kick a PAT after you score. Now in the second overtime, because they've adjusted it, you have to go for two. If both teams get the two-point conversion, you keep going. Um, triple overtime and on you um, only go for a two-point conversion try. So both teams go for a go for the two-point conversion from, from the two-yard line. If the, if the first team gets it, second team goes. If they get it, they go to a fourth overtime. And both teams go back and forth until someone does not get the two-point conversion try. Like, you know how many points we would see in a, yeah. multiple, in a multiple overtime NFL game? Like, this isn't college. This is the NFL. You know how many plays they have in the back of their playbook? to run from the two-yard line. Oh, like, my God. We would, we would be there all freaking night. It'd be 77 oh. overtimes, and the, Kansas City, <laughs> and the Kansas City Chiefs would win 137 to 135 over the oh, Buffalo Bills. Man. Yeah, like, and look, it just, it, it, what you just laid out right there was a lot. I That was just a, too much for me. I don't, yeah. That's pretty, like, yeah, this is the NFL. You know, go score. It, or don't, go or score. don't let them score. <laughs> and, and my final thing, this is this is more towards the Bills, not 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 necessarily the rule, but it involves the rule. You had 13 seconds. Yep, 13 seconds it to was win the game. 13 seconds remaining. And your coach, and I like McDermott, great coach, and he's proven he's he's a great coach. Yes. With a great he's constructed a great team and he has a phenomenal quarterback. But he gave it away. Yep. Whoever that defensive play caller is, gave it away. They had 13 seconds on special teams and on defense to secure a spot in the AFC title game in Buffalo, and they gave it away. Yep. No, we do not. We cannot, uh, you know, we cannot cater this around you because you guys choked it away. Yep. You gave it away. The rule is the rule. You lost. Yep. Okay. And they were saying the same thing to me and the Chiefs in 2018. Yep. <laughs> you yes, lost. You yes, did all that fighting in the second half, Patrick Mahomes. You fell short. We're not changing the rule for you. You lost, yeah. all right? And what the Chiefs do, held the head up, bounce back, win the Super Bowl, put themselves in a position again this game. And, look, they this time, this time they won the coin flip. They actually won it, and they won a the game. Sorry, that's the rule. Move on. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Kelvin, up next, how many, how many points did Kansas State's Ioka Lee score on Sunday? Yes, in the middle of prime NFL playoff time, Sunday, yeah. this Kansas State uh, center, Ioka Lee, dropped 61 points against the Oklahoma women uh, in a basketball game. Uh, Kansas State goes on to win this game 94-65. to Ioka Lee, this is an NCAA record, beating it by one point. She shot Kelvin 23 of 30 
from the field, uh, which is extremely efficient. That's like 70%, I think. And then 15 of 17 from the free throw line, also very efficient. Um, just talk about perfect. This is a near-perfect basketball game uh, from a, a young lady. I think she's a junior for Kansas State. Uh, and she scored 61 points. I believe she had like 42 at halftime, Kelvin. She just dominated down low. Yeah, so, yeah, like you said, this was this was doing primetime playoff football. And I had got, actually gotten this update to my phone. I looked down, and it says 61 points uh, mm. scored in the – breaks the record for college women uh, scoring – college basketball women's scoring performance. And I couldn't help myself. I had to click on it. I'm like, 61 points? Yes. Who and against who? And yeah, and then I get the update. Um, and in the in the link I clicked, they only showed me like I don't know five or six buckets. They didn't show a lot. Uh, then after the Chiefs game, so late into the night, I was just kind of up. And I remember, hey, somebody dropped sixty one points uh, in yeah. a, in a women's college basketball game. And I watched the actual highlights and see every bucket. And yeah, she she couldn't be contained. It was mm-hmm. couldn't be contained. Every <laughs> shot was an easy shot. Every, all thirty attempts looked easy to me. I don't know about yeah. anybody else. Yeah. Um, they just look kind of easy to me. And yeah. that, 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 look, that's a hell of a scoring performance. Yes. Uh, that's impressive, man. I mean, 61 points. I don't, I don't care what level of a basketball. That's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Pee Wee, junior high, high school, college, NBA. 61 yeah. is a great feat. So yes. um, records are meant to be broken. I'm glad, you know, she did it. Uh, I instantly thought of you when I seen those Sooners. I was like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. happened against the Sooners. So, I know, yeah, I know he may not be heavily invested, but I know he feels some type of way about this one. So, <laughs> yeah. what a great performance that was. Um, and, look, I'll be, I won't follow her heavily from this point on, but I, I, I will be curious as to how she finished this season mm-hmm. and her next step. Because 61 points, uh, seems like she should be getting some looks for the WNBA. Oh yeah, uh, that's that you know that's a bonafide score right there. Sixty-one. That's a lot of points. You don't do that by accident. You can score the ball. Yep, and she has another season to go because, like I said, I believe she's a junior, so she'll have another season to go. just continue to improve uh, and you know give herself even more of a shot at the WNBA. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the Oklahoma man, like I, I've actually been following these ladies pretty close because they've been really good this year. Uh, and, and, and I'm glad you brought up, like, your thought was like, oh, my gosh, who did they play? Look, they didn't just play some joke. You know, Oklahoma was ranked 14th uh, coming into this game. So these OU women have, have knocked off multiple ranked teams, and uh, they've had a good season. So to just completely dominate against a team like a team of that caliber so far this year, uh, this is a huge game, big game for her. Um, and, you know, she, she deserved a little love. So that's why we threw her on the man-to-man podcast. Uh you know, the, just a performance like that. I don't care what level, like you said, what level, uh, men or women, I don't care what it is. 61 points is a big deal, and that was a huge game. Uh, the former record was 60. It was set in 1987. And then it was actually tied, Kelvin, in 2016 uh, by a lady who played for Washington State, um, but now officially broken in 2022 by Kansas State's Ioka Lee. Yes, and the cool part about that is you don't come across scoring outputs like that from the women in college basketball a lot. No, nope, You see nope. it a lot in the NBA. You see it a little bit more often in men's college basketball. You don't come across outputs like that for women. So, again, when I saw it, I was like, whoa, yep. who the hell got the audacity to put up 60? <laughs> That's a lot. So, yeah, shout out to her, man. You made it to this podcast. Hopefully she's gotten a lot of love across uh, – you know, the national in, in terms of media, man, because that's, that's impressive. And, yes, it, and like you said, I didn't know they were ranked 14. I guess a quality basketball team. Yes. Way to go. Yep. Up next, Kelvin, we got winners and losers. Who are you bringing in from the winners division around? Yeah, so uh, winners, the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, look, this is, I, I guess it's safe to say a Cinderella run. You know, so they 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 have an up or down regular season. Win two, lose two. Win three, lose three. You know, they 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 go along that path all season. They put their best football together. Well, no, nah, I ain't gonna say their best football. They found ways to survive these first two games against the Raiders and then against the Titans. A young team finding ways to survive. You don't see that often. Young teams find ways to lose. This young team is finding ways to win. Yep. Uh, they're for real. They got a head coach that's for real who struggled his first two seasons. He didn't win more than seven games his first two seasons. Now he's in the AFC title game. That quarterback is for real. 
those weapons are for real. That defense is for real. Hey, and now they, they take on the ultimate test. This is how you measure yourself in this conference against this team, the Kansas City Chiefs. A winner for that team, that franchise, to put themselves in position to take on this opponent. This is the, this is Goliath, winner, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, man, I like the way you put that. Uh, young teams usually don't find ways to win. They find ways to lose games. Um, something I mentioned multiple times already on this podcast, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles did exactly that against the Buccaneers, a game that I thought they were actually in. They just kept turning the ball over, kept shooting themselves in the foot. The Bengals have done the opposite. Um, like you said, not necessarily playing their best football, but they have, in fact, found ways to win. Even if it looks ugly, they have found ways to win. Um, and just think of how scary that might be. A team right now, they're not even playing their best football, but they and they're young, and they continue to find ways to win, even if yep. they lose. Even if they lose this weekend, just think next year, instead of just finding ways to win, if this team is playing at their best level, oh, my goodness. Um, oh, yeah, they're going to be a problem. They, they could be a huge problem. My one winner, Kelvin, I'm going to bring you two losers, but my one winner, uh, Harrison Bucker. Like I said, I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. it again later. It just um, – that game easily, easily would have been hung on his shoulders. I mean, there's there, there's no way um, – when you look at a game like that, nothing else would have been mentioned. Everyone would have been talking, dang, man, Bucker missed that field goal and that PAT. But he comes back. The, of course, Mahomes got him in position. Hill, Kelsey, you know, and company, they got him in position. But he's ultimately the guy that has to do it, and he did it. He hit the big field goal to tie the game and send him to overtime. Harrison Bucker is the winner of divisional round football, in my opinion. Yes, I'll give you a loser, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Um, I mean, man, look, one seed. I've never seen Nashville, like, rocking so hard like it was that on that, you know, on Saturday. Um, you know, and I'm watching all these games. I got the volume up. And I think I've said this to you, that it's the whole experience. It's that crowd noise. Um, it's the broadcast. You know, it's whether it's NBC, CBS, it doesn't matter. It's the whole experience that make it a great viewing experience to watch NFL football. So, uh, look, that team was in prime position to win a game and host the AFC title game. They gave it away. And Ryan T- Tannehill, the INTs to start the game, the INTs to end the game. <laughs> yeah. He gave it away, man. Loser. And look, it is it's moments like that that completely, you know, go 180 on a player like Tannehill. Again, I thought he was a good – he is a good NFL quarterback. He can clearly lead his team to a one seed and or an AFC title game. But I don't know if he has enough in him to get over the hump and win a Super Bowl. Loser, Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to give you two losers. I'm going to give you uh, little brother loser. And big brother loser. You can decide which one's worse. <laughs> you can decide which one's worse. Little brother loser right. is because his expectations weren't as high, but he failed just as just as much. Big brother loser is because his expectations are much higher and he failed just as much. Little brother okay. loser, Ryan Tannehill, big brother loser, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. <laughs> they both failed miserably. Those are my losers. Both teams should have won their game. Both team or both players were leaders of a one-seeded team, and they both yeah. failed miserably. Now, of course, Ryan Tannehill threw more interceptions, uh, where, whereas Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, threw a single interception. Um, but he still did not perform well. So, little brother loser and big brother loser, that's it for me. Yeah, I give you a bonus um, winner. Even in the losing performance, Josh Allen. Um, yes. Look, I can say this honestly. There is not much separating him from Patrick Mahomes. And I think the world of Patrick – Biasly and and unbiasedly, there is there's a strand of hair that separates the two because Josh Allen is a bad mf'er. I'm t- yes, he, that dude is good. Like if it's one quarterback, I ain't gonna say fear, but has me a little worried. And I give you two: it's Herbert because I've seen it back to back seasons with that dude. That dude's special too. It's Herbert and it's that fool Josh Allen, and yeah. we'll get to see where Burrow ranks amongst the four because. I don't know. I don't know who your top five is, but I think those three have a, a strong case to be in it. Herbert, Allen, and, and Mahomes, of course. We get to see what Bobo ranks amongst the, those three because those three right there against Mahomes, those guys kind of worry me. Winner, Josh Allen. You know what's crazy? And that's all I got. Before, but yeah, before we wrap this up, you know what's crazy? What's that? All the quarterbacks you've named are in the AFC. Oh, my God. That's another reason why I'm a little worried. Hey, oh, and, and then Aaron Rodgers may be coming. Gee, well, uh, let me not. He's okay. Let me not front. He's talented. He's still talented. He he's still a bad man himself. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, he may be coming to the AFC too. Russell Wilson may be coming over here. Jesus Christ, what are you guys trying to do? You what? trying to like trying to get Mahomes to retire early or something? Like what the hell? Like Tom Brady had it easy for twenty seasons. How come my quarterback can't have it easy for twenty Dude. seasons? Jesus Christ. Dude, the AFC is about it's to be loaded. Oh my goodness. It's gonna be so <laughs> crazy for so many years with these young quarterbacks. And then, like you said, if you get some veterans, if Russell Wilson get ends up in Pittsburgh, uh, oh you know, if Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver, you know, if and, and this is all speculation, we have no clue. But there's going to be some right. free agents. There's going to be some free agents moving around, and if they come to the AFC, loaded man, loaded. Yeah, it's it's filthy in that side. That's that's a tough conference. But hey, the testament to a talented team, the Chiefs still reign supreme, and they got one more test, at least in the conference, to show that. It all runs through Arrowhead Stadium. So uh, we'll talk more about that on Friday. Yes, sir. We will be back on Friday. Another episode in the books. And uh, thank you for tuning in. That's uh, Kelvin and I's takes on the divisional round. And we will be back to preview conference championship games on Friday.